welcome to the kids art house cinema. I'm Klaus and the art house cinema is where we discuss the documentaries of the creators and the artists. And here's the host, Angus. Thanks, Klaus, and welcome to Kids Art House Cinema. In the screening room today, we are viewing Frank Miller on Frank Miller. So, Miller on Miller. It's a 16-minute interview retrospective being done with Frank, and it was put out in 2009 to accompany the home video version of the Frank Miller film, The Spirit, which came out in 2008. This is one of the better documentary interview type of films that I have now taken in on a creative in their own words. Frank is amazingly candid and very engaging with the camera. He provides some great reveals in this particular documentary and I cannot highly recommend it enough and I've left a link in the show notes to the documentary so you too can go ahead and take it all in. Frank is the author of Daredevil Born Again, our July graphic novel read here on Kirby's Kids. And I felt in preparation for that read, or if you're already reading it, that this insight in Frank's words will help you understand the context maybe a little deeper or richer as it relates to Daredevil's world and the picture that Frank paints for the reader, both from a visual storytelling perspective as well as the prose. As you would expect if you're familiar with Frank Miller, the language in this particular interview is a little salty. Subject matters are definitely TV-14. You start edging up more on the adult theme and content, but it's really, really good stuff. Just to give you an instance, there are many segments. In the beginning, it focuses in on his main motivations and what got him started. And he reveals that he was drawing as young as the age of six and he believes that comics stand shoulder to shoulder as a sister art form with film and literature so he clearly sees the value not only of his own profession but now having been a director over in film and understanding that process truly can begin to make some very insightful and thoughtful comparisons between the two mediums. He also brings to light the birth of the graphic novel, the use of that particular term, and his firm belief that a smaller audience is not a thing of virtue, meaning popularity doesn't necessarily mean you're compromising quality. And for him, he truly feels that what he was trying to provide for the reader was a quality experience that in some instances just happened to become popular. Prime example of this, his run of Daredevil over at Marvel, his run doing Batman over at DC, 
his then birthing Sin City on his own, as well as 300. He also gets into his inspiration as to why, although born in Maryland, he was drawn to New York City. And New York City being his inspiration, he would draw from the top of the Empire State Building when he first got there. He said he didn't have a lot of discretionary income. As a matter of fact, he was a struggling artist. But the one thing he could do was go up to the observation deck on the Empire State Building, which wasn't a caged in at that particular time. He had a clear view of the city and he would just stay up there and draw as long as they would let him up there for. And then he'd move into different sections of the city. He says that high spaces are what cities are all about. You use long brush strokes to convey that vertical. It's how you experience it. And he then goes on to contrast that in saying that the horizontal is used for spectacle and that that is conveyed in works such as 300. I think this is absolutely fascinating getting into the mind's eye of the artist himself, as he did start out as a visual storyteller and then worked his way into becoming the writer about 10, 11 issues into Daredevil for that series and then continued to not only write, but then also do illustrations too, depending on what series he was working on at any given time. The format of the comic book, he delves into this, particularly in Max Gaines's invention of the half tab and really shows his stuff as a historian of his own profession. This context that he provides allows us to better understand the constraints within the comic book itself and how that artist creatively deals with those constraints. He will then delves into owning adolescence. And on this particular subject, he said that Jack Kirby explodes with adolescent power, and that there was no one better than Jack in the Silver Age of comics. It's what had drawn him in initially as a kid, and then maintained his interest there to where he ultimately wanted to make that his profession. He is also tremendously complimentary of Will Eisner being a tremendous inspiration to him, as well as Neil Adams and Jim Starenko. On Neil Adams, he reveals that Neil Adams brought a photographic reality to comics, and that really drew Frank into Neil Adams' work, and subsequently drew Neil and Frank together to where they actually became friends, and Neil is responsible for giving Frank his break in comics, which I think is really incredible when you idolize someone's work so much and then actually have the courage to reach out to them show them your portfolio they give you constructive criticism he comes back to them and it finally gets to the point where neil adams feels that frank's ready to then be challenged and employed in the industry and helps him get his first job that story was just fantastic he also brings in why jim steranko was such an influence on him. And he said that Jim brought a pop culture sensibility, especially coming from pulp magazines and pulp fiction. He said he beautifully grabbed that and really enticed the reader to just lose themselves in the comic. On Will Eisner, his greatest influence from Eisner was a contract from God, which inspired Frank to write and create 
Ronin. That was a seminal moment for Frank Miller. And he cannot be more complimentary to Will Eisner. Now, mind you, this documentary slash interview and basically probing into the mind of Frank Miller was again done in conjunction with the home video release of The Spirit. And because of that, there is a lot of compliments to Will Eisner the originator of that character, but it always comes across as being very genuine. I truly feel that Frank Miller idolizes Will Eisner as an artist and truly loves his work. He then transitions in this discussion to his love for noir and his love for black and white crime stories and just simple illustrations effectively utilizing pen and ink and no coloring whatsoever. This leads to then the creation of Sin City, where Frank says Sin City represents humans being driven by ugly impulses, which then make the rare instances of good behavior and heroism truly stand out. There's no doubt that Frank sees the gritty, the grimy, the underbelly of the city as being an attractive piece to then get inspiration out of. And this translates into his run in Daredevil. It's what has drawn a lot of readers in there. And then over to the whole Dark Knight series when he was carrying Batman, over 300, obviously Sin City. You can see this inspirational path and who he was influenced by truly bring to light. Ah, okay, this is where Frank's creative muses come from. So I hope this is helpful in your read now of Daredevil Born Again. Please join us for that read this month, as well as checking out this 16-minute interview. It is exquisitely edited. It really hits home in its succinctness and lets you in to Frank's mind as a creative. I'll leave you with one last thought, and this is on truly mastering comics. And Frank's belief is, if you know how to slow the reader down, you have mastered comics. Comics as an art form is generally a quick read. However, if you can slow that reader down, you have mastered that art form. <laughs>